If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you know what? I need a wee. (laughs) Fuck it. You can come with me. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a nervous wee, really. Like a sit-down week. Anyway, episode 13, I think. Tone, after the tone, after the tone, leave your message after the tone. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, I'll tell you what, I feel much better for that. Do you ever get that thing where you're like slightly on edge 
And you're a little bit like, oh, am I anxious? Is something going to happen? And then you have a wee and it all goes away. Well, that's how I'm feeling now. Welcome to the After the Tone Hangout, everybody. I'm Scotty, if you haven't met me before. And the weirdo making this a real thing, well, her name is Producer Debbie. And for the next 40 minutes, well, I hope we're going to be talking about shit celebrity sightings, to be honest. Because we had a lovely cliffhanger question from last week's guest, their best friend, Dad did Kate Blanchett's kitchen, bathroom, or was it kitchen? It was one of them anyway. You can listen to episode 12 and you'll find out. And I left on the cliffhanger that I've got a little bit of an Adele story in the same sort of tenuous shit link. So my husband, often for money on the side, you know, as an artist, he will get hired to install really expensive bits of artwork in private houses. Anyway, goes around someone's house, knocks on the door, Lo and behold, it's, hello, it's me, it's Adele. So James texts me to be like, oh my God, it's amazing, it's Adele, she's lovely. I believe she was pregnant with child at the time. Anyway, James was like, he could hear this singing. Well, gets a bit closer. It's Adele singing the mm Denim advert. Mm Denim. So yeah, there you go, there's my shit. Tenuous link story. If you're new round here, hello, welcome to After the Tone, a podcast that gives you, the listener, the chance to phone in and share something with the group. It's a very giving space. The calls <laughs> are coming in thick and fast. So lovely Debbie has been telling me, which is ever so lovely. And first-time callers, long-time listeners and passers-by are all welcome to the gang. If you would like to join the party and leave us a message, all you need to do is send us a voice note to this number. Zero... Seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. Now, lovely producer Debbie is currently editing this with jet lag because Debbie has been visiting family in Canada. So I hope you're all fucking grateful. I'll tell you what, the furthest I've been in the last few weeks is Aldi, and it's starting to show. <laughs> Hello, Scotty. I'm in bed right now, just thought I'd leave a little cheeky message for the podcast about poo, because I thought you quite like that. So I'm here to tell you about a wonderful, wonderful app, and I'm not sponsored by this app, but God, I wish I was. It's called Poop Map, and it's basically an app where you can competitively poo with your friends, and I think it's wonderful. So imagine like Google Maps, but it's got like loads of those little pins in various places, and that's where your friends have shat. Isn't that lovely? You have, like, leagues. So you invite your friends to join your league, and then you can see how much they're pooping, and, like, you can add a little comment. You can rate it out of five. You can even add a little selfie as well, which is ridiculous. So my league is called Marmite Sluts. So take from that what you will. Um, Yeah, my friend has done 81 poos, and I've only done, like, 30, so I really need to catch up. But yeah, I just thought you should know. So that's Poop Map. Do download it. I think it's wonderful. Right, have a lovely day. See you later. Love you, bye. Hello, wonderful caller. What a great message to start. (laughs) Do you know what never surprises me about this podcast is actually how mental you all are listening at home. Now, Poop Map when you were describing it, I think I was envisaging, envisaging, I was imagining you like posting pictures and your friends rating them. 
which instantly filled me with dread because on Instagram, I already have dysmorphia with looking at other people's lives and their faces and how pretty other people are and comparing myself to them. That Just adding poo to that equation of me being like, oh my God, my poo doesn't look like theirs. Is it bad? Or should I filter my poo? (laughs) Would, I think, just add another element of social media, which I'm not sure I could withstand. But it's just essentially geo-mapping your poo. Um, As somebody who tours, well, used to, when theatre was a pastime of us before we went through this bizarre puritanical season we're currently going through, otherwise known as lockdown 2.0 in England... I would be pooing in quite a few locations and also quite a prolific pooer because I am a sit-down weeer, as you have heard. (laughs) What I like about a sit-down wee is not only is it a relaxation, not only do you get a chance to catch up on the old Twitter or the Instagram or, in your case, caller, the poos of your other friends, but also if you need to just, like, fart out a little poo, you might as well. You can sort of treat yourself. And now I'm of an age where, I mean, you know, you poo more regularly. And you scrutinise your poo in different ways the older that you get. There's nothing worse for me, somebody who lives with lots of different mental health presentations, (laughs) than those adverts that were on the radio maybe last year, which was like, blood in your poo basically making you very paranoid about what's in your poo. Well, every time I have beetroot, I shit myself. Hiya, Scotty. Hiya, listeners. It's that JRF here. I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet. I wanted to tell you, never smile at a crocodile. Never dip your head and stop the dog a while. Crocodiles have long, pointy snouts. Um, alligators have shorter, more rounded snouts. And when an alligator has its mouth shut, you don't see any of its teeth. In contrast, you can tell I've written this off the internet, when a crocodile has its mouth shut, its back teeth stick out over the top of it, showing a toothy grin. Hence, never smile at a crocodile. Never dip your head and stop the dog a while. Don't be taken in by his welcome grin. He's imagining how well you fit within his skin. Don't know why I've gone all a bit Creolane and a bit scatty. Speaking of scat, <laughs> I messaged you about this because it really upset me. As a jolly IBS sufferer, in the middle of doing my online fatty chair yoga, shut my yoga pants. <laughs> like a trooper, I carried on with my yoga session as I stank out my sitting room with my shitty yoga pants. I can't believe I'm leaving this message, but I am. But then I was really upset because I was like, oh my God, this is the end. This is the end. I'm going to have to get a one-way ticket to Dignitas. I can't believe I can't control my bowels. That's the joy of IBS. And also being in a strainy position. Come on. Anyway, I might have to do yoga naked from now on. Oh, sorry. No, the idea. (laughs) Online naked yoga, just shiting myself. Anyway... I'm making myself laugh. Love and light. God bless, sweetheart. And um, I've kept this message to under three minutes. You're welcome. Okay, love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Regular caller of the After the Time pub, JRF there. Now, I can tell you, in yoga, you do an all matter of things. I mean, pooing is the least of your worries that you've done through yoga, my darling. Because, yeah, there are certain poses which are like digestion poses. So maybe you're just more in touch with your digestionary tract chakra than the rest of us. Maybe what we're all aiming for is that release. Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's just shit. We all do it. Hi, Scotty. It's Vicky. Second time calling because we're getting a bit brave. Every week there's something in the podcast that makes me laugh a lot and uh, something that makes me cry. The person that made me cry this week, (laughs) it's like a competition, was the carer. I'm so sorry that that happened to you, um, the situation at the dentist, and just know that there are so many people that would never be so ignorant and treat you in that way. Lots of love to you. Okay. Shit celebrity stories, because that's what you're asking for. Um, The first celebrity I ever met was in Colchester, where I'm from. Just round the corner from me, they're opening up MFI. Come on. Millennials are going to be well confused right now. (laughs) Anyway, Sally from Coronation Street was opening it alongside Dirty Den. Unbelievable. Remember going to visit and um, being completely starstruck. (laughs) I remember Sally had really lovely strawberry earrings on and I was like, oh my God, the style. And Dirty Den tried to kiss me on the lips, which was weird because I think I was about eight and uh, made me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. Anyway, (laughs) love the podcast and the community that comes with it. Vicky from Colchester, everybody. Lovely. Do you know what? I love the name and the location. I'm a bit 90s like that. You know, like at the start of television game shows, people be like, my name's Jean and I'm from Sully Hall. <laughs> I just love that. So Vicky from Colchester, come on down. Um, hello. And yes, echo those thoughts with the carer. We love the carer. This is a real like carer gorgy space in there i think there's a lot of love and also lots of people contact me on the instagram being like who is the carer i feel a bit untoward towards them as we know the carer doesn't want matchmaking at this precise moment so we respect everybody's feels now sally from coronation street i imagine off stage (laughs) if we can call it such a thing Sally would be quite the glamorous type in the 90s. And Dirty Den, are we surprised? Anyway, MFI. Now, my nan would always call it MI5. (laughs) Because we had one in Kentish Town. (laughs) And she was always going down to MI5. I really, really enjoyed that. Do you remember when, like, celebrities were actual celebrities and not just people that you were like, they were on Love Island and everyone else is going... Oh, I've never watched Love Island. I can't get my head around it. I can't get my head around the one that's in the jungle, but not in the jungle in Wales. I never really understood why you want to see people like squabbling around in um, a box of snakes. I mean, I've been to a gay sauna. (laughs) Hiya, Scotty. It's my first time calling in and I'm just uh, coming back from the post office where I've posted some of the Christmas cards I've designed up to some bookshops and I'm quite excited about it because I've never had any of my artwork in shops to be sold before 
So I just thought I'd share that really exciting news and being on furlough has sort of encouraged me to do different things and branch out a bit. So I'm just dead happy with myself. All right, Tara. Oh, what a lovely, gorgeous message and congratulations. Each week I want to dish out a congratulations because at the moment I think we deserve it. And the first one, gold stars, going to go to you, lovely human being. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. We're all going through it. They've slightly said furlough, there's worries, there's all of this. And we've, on top of it, some of us are contending with a right-wing government. Well, I say some of us. The whole world is leaning towards the right. And you've managed to still find a way of being creative and getting your work sold. Congrats. Also, what a beautiful accent you got on you there. I'm not going to lie, it was giving me Hovis vibes and I'm not mad about it, hun. Do you know what I mean? Gorgy little voice you got on there, sweetheart. Well fucking done, much love, and I mean that from the bottom of my fat heart. Hi, Scotty. I live in Cambridge and um, there's a club that used to be here called Dot Cotton, named after Dot Cotton from that there EastEnders with the Duff Duffs. At the time, it was like one of the longest running gay nights or gay things in Cambridge or maybe in the UK. Anyway, she came as a guest. She was attending the Dot Cotton Club. And I, at the time, had photography access and I got to speak to and uh, meet the lovely June Brown. And she decided that she wanted me to accompany her for the whole of the evening. So I was there spending most of my evening with June Brown um, and occasionally helping her light a cigarette. So, uh, yeah, it was a really awesome night. I got to just spend my evening with Dot Cotton. And at the end of the night, I asked her if she would record my voicemail for my phone. And she was like, hello, this is June Brown. I'm at the Dot Cotton Club in Cambridge and I'm wondering why you're not here. Um, And that used to be my voicemail for maybe 10 years. But yeah, I thought that was... uh, a little link to a celebrity because I, I hang out with all the soap stars. No, I don't really. I once almost slept with a really minor celebrity um, who used to be on this morning, but I decided not to. He wanted me to go back to his place, uh, his hotel room for nibbles. Um, and we know what nibbles is code word for. Cock! <laughs> Well, now all I can think of is, is Eamon Holmes and um, a pick and mix. <laughs> oh, I'm racking my brains to think who that might be. But anyway, I too have a story about the Dot Cotton Club and about June Brown Dot Cotton. I'll start with the Dot Cotton Club because it's less exciting. <laughs> I also have performed at Dot Cotton Club when it was a thing. I think I did a few of them actually. When I first started, one of my first shows was in Cambridge and uh, I was the opener. (laughs) And then I came back and I did some club gigs and I believe I gave birth to a bottle of Diet Coke. Stranger things have happened. June Brown, I've been on the same bill (laughs) at a festival, me and June. And so we shared a dressing room, which was great. So I've seen June Brown half naked, which, I mean, legend, absolute legend she's an absolute babe and a star so much so that she decided she would come and host and be a co-judge on hamburger queen my big pageant and talent show for fat people and you can see her appearance on my youtube <laughs> needless to say oh it was quite special i mean she's quite a special human being and i'm glad that you got to spend the night with her too 
Hi Scotty, this is a wee message from As You Would Say Yourself Over The Water and it's just a message about family really. I grew up in a family with two brothers and two sisters, very loving, very lucky and as a notorious homosexualist, as you might say yourself, they were very accepting. Now, when I think back on my teenage years, didn't have a great time and I would go so far as to say it was a little bit traumatic. This weekend, at a family thing, we were discussing one of my nephews and when I made a point about my experience in school and kind of brought up about being gay, my brother made a joke and my mother kind of made a thing about, oh, you always go on about this and it was the same for everybody and you're different and I basically asked could I finish my point and I wasn't let and then I shouted and then my mother shouted and la da da you know yourself the reason why I kind of shouted or I didn't really give in is that I'm kind of shit sick of my experience as a teenager and finding it difficult as a gay person being constantly belittled by my family it's all in your head or you're just a little bit dramatic or you know you're making it up that's another one Another phrase that happens all the time is, that didn't happen, which is lovely. And yesterday, or the weekend when this happened, I just thought, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. I have constantly changed my reaction to fit in with them. And at the weekend, I just thought, fuck it, because it was my experience and how I feel about it is valid. And I was just wondering, do you get this? Or... Do other homosexuals have the same thing with their families? Is it a thing? I don't really know. But currently still not really talking to my mom. <laughs> so, yeah, let me know what you think. Do get people's perception of their coming out or their teenage years or how they lived with their family. Is it completely different from their families, even if they get on with their family? Like... Is that a thing? Or am I just fucking mental and we're all mental? I don't know. Well, caller, first of all, it's by the by, but I just, I feel I've got to tell you, you have got a voice like condensed milk. Now, hear me out on this one, because I'm a big fan of condensed milk. Just putting that out there. What a beautiful voice you have. And not only for the accent on you, but the bass and the depth of that voice is so lovely. Now, on to... The reason why you're called. Yes, I do love a call from over the way. And actually, maybe we should talk about that a wee bit. It's because I often have to justify my Irishness to Irish-sounding people. And I made a conscious decision a few years back to be like, I'm actually not going to do that anymore. Because there is a difference, but also... It's really complex. And I think I might have spoken about this before, about what it is to be neither here nor there, or to be less Irish than the Irish Sea, even though you feel like you're in the middle of it. Anywho, I am saying this because I hear a lot of similar experience in what you're talking about. And I think regardless of cultural identity, actually, I think there will be other people who will have this with their family, particularly if you are the only homosexualist or the the first notorious homosexualist to be out in the family. Let's just take stock for a moment and just say, 
actually to hold that space is really fucking difficult because not only are you having to like drag yourself through a world that's so heterosexual in which the whole time you feel like you're the fucking freak when really have you seen what heterosexuals do they're the fucking weird ones not only are you trying to drag yourself through that you then have to take the weight of expectation and in my circumstance and I don't know if this is for your own but their shame their guilt and their faith as well you are holding so much as an individual so to be stood here standing on both of those gorgeous legs of yours at this age a round of a fucking applause to you and I don't mean that in any small belittling way I mean that as it's a fucking achievement you survived it's a fucking achievement that we all survived because what we're put through anyway I used to have that relationship with my family and to a certain extent, I think it still exists with some members of my family. But I've been lucky that I've been able to take definitely my parents on a journey with it. Now, my brother, I mean, he's the image of me and (laughs) I made sure that he would be politically similar as well. And we're very aligned. My mother keeps on saying one day he's going to tell me he's gay and I'll be happy. So that's where we've come to. (laughs) My mum said to me on the weekend, I had no idea where it came out of. She said, was it difficult for you when you were coming out at your age? What are gay men like? And I was like, I literally can't believe that we're having this conversation. And I told my mum about, like, all the shaming. And my mum was so confused to hear that gay men were so vile and hideous to each other. But is it any surprise that when we come from that position where we're we're gaslit, essentially, where we're told that didn't happen, sure, you're making up, sure, it's all in your head. But I do think there is part of this which I think is very specifically Irish. And I've spoken about this in a fat context before. And I wonder whether it transposes to queerness as well. Because I grew up with this sense of Irish Catholic schizophrenia, essentially, where if you take pride in how you look, in one world, you're told, sure, why are you being like that for? Nobody's going to be looking at you. You're not that important. But in another world, if you let yourself go or if you're considered fat, they would say to me, well, you can't wear that. Jesus, you'll be fat and you'll be showing us up with the neighbours. And I think that paranoia particularly in Irishness, carries through, through a lot of different things, where it is to say that you are affected by something and to put your head above that parapet in in quite literal religious terms is to think more of yourself. Jesus, don't you think of yourself? I guess in all of this, all I'm saying is solidarity because I don't know the route through. I just know it's difficult and it hurts and you can hear the hurt in your voice. But you know what? I'm really fucking glad that you called up because, well, who knows? There's me thinking I'm talking any sense to you. (laughs) But I think there will be other people who will hear this and think, yeah, fucking me too. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, this happens to me, we can do the light and the smooth here. We can do the dark and the rough. So... If that is you, if you've had a similar experience to this person, why not open up your WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. 0788 200 3420. Scotty, you asked any of us to call in if we had disappointing celebrity encounters and I have one for you. 
sorry for the background noise, I'm out walking my dog, but I used to work at the Harvard Business School and there was a while there where a bunch of celebrities would come and take a week-long course at Harvard just to say that they had a degree from the Harvard Business School. So I worked there when Channing Tatum took the course and I worked there when Tyra Banks took the course. And so of course I wanted to get my celebrity sighting in. So uh, a bunch of my friends and I, we would go and try to find them on campus. And I swear to God, they keep these people hidden. They do not tell you where they'll be. Presumably they're on campus somewhere. And it's a small campus. It's maybe like five or six buildings. Could not, for the life of me, find these celebrities. And it's very frustrating to know that you are probably within feet of Channing Tatum and cannot figure out where this man is. So that is my most disappointing celebrity encounter. Bye-bye. Oh, that was a lovely one, wasn't it? Actually, that's quite a good one. Well, I say that. I sort of know that Channing Tatum is a famous person, but I don't know what Channing Tatum's famous for. Oh, my God, they're going to be writing in now, aren't they? They're going to be like, how do you not know who Channing Tatum is? Because Channing Tatum was in this film. And I'll be like, I don't know. So we're going to Google Channing Tatum. Oh, the first ones that come up is Channing Tatum wife, Channing Tatum, Jesse J. Oh, let's have a look. Channing Tatum's an American actor. Oh, I sort of recognise it. No, I'm sort of saying that just because he looks famous. Except famous people have got a look about them. They look weirdly like the Madame Tussauds doll that they will at some point become. I think that's why Madame Tussauds make dolls of them, because actually it's quite easy to make them look like wax. Oh, she's a ride. Channing Tatum and his abs return to the workout. Oh, I wonder if there's... Oh, yeah, there's pictures of him and Jessie J. Ugh. She's a bit annoying, really, to be honest with you. I wonder if there's any filth. I'm going to put in Channing Tatum naked. Oh, my God. Jesus, she's the ride. She is quite the ride, isn't she? Not enough hair on her, though, to warrant my attention. Oh, God, I'm getting deep fakes now. Oh, it's a no from me. Anyway, Tyra Banks, lovely Tyra male. I wonder what Tyra Banks studied. Fashion business modelling? I don't know. Does she still do that America's Next Top Model? Small fact of show business, I was actually on Britain's Next Top Model. Who knew? Hi, I'm a first-time caller. Uh, what inspired me to call in this week was um, at my uni... We had a screening of Since You've Been Gone by Tabby Lamb and then she did a Q&A afterwards and she mentioned one of the people to follow on Instagram was Scotty, which I assume she meant you. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, her play was really amazing and I very emotionally told her how amazing it was in front of everyone on Zoom, which is a big step for me being so emotionally vulnerable. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're having a good week and your podcast has really been helping me get through this term at university where I haven't been able to go home because of all that's going on in the world and I felt quite low and down. But um, yeah, it's helped me, helped me get to sleep as well. Not because it's boring though. Bye. <laughs> Not because it's boring though. Hello, lovely, vulnerable person. You're more than welcome here. And first time caller. I wish there was such sound effects. <laughs> We love a first-time call around here because, you know, first-time can always feel like the most awkward. But once you get into the hang of it, we all know what we're doing. <laughs> Tabby Lamb, 
great artist. We love her very, very much. We're big fans of the emotional vulnerability around here. And I think, yeah, it can be a difficult time. You mentioned listening to this to go to bed. Oh, I'm so sorry, because it's just full of me laughing and shouting. So I'll try and keep it down a little bit. There is a podcast, which I think is called Sleep With Me. And it's a guy in the States who literally bores you to sleep. He reads like pages off of Wikipedia. But there's a real maths to it. And so when I'm in the midst of... um. I was going to say, say necrophilia then. That's not the one. <laughs> What's the one where you can't go to sleep? Now, if you're new around here, I'm dyslexic, so I'm constantly getting the wrong end of the stick. It's um, not nepotism. That's when you are posh and you basically look after all the other cunts that you know that are posh. Um, insomnia. It's <laughs> nothing like it. When I'm in the midst of insomnia, I listen to it and it works a treat. Sometimes it doesn't make me go to sleep, but it does relax me. So I'm glad to be that sort of soothing voice to you, lovely caller. Do call back again. Hi, Scotty. Kara here. I just burst into tears listening to the um, last episode down the pub. JRS, touch my heart, darling. Thank you so much. You know, I diffuse so much for humour through a lot of it. And again, that there's so much to unpack there from that one for me. I could leave you a 16-minute episode from this. And I've often thought I should start my own fucking podcast about what's going on with my family. And to you, Scotty, about, again, just the underestimation of disclosure. Um, it really funny how that, to me, wasn't the even plot of the story it made me think a lot again afterwards i could a whole other episode really with you with my hiv and that because it is a really interesting journey that i've been on with that i feel but i just want to stick to the love what come out from jrs there you know i really do appreciate that sentiment to it because it's very hard each day to deal and and you defend your family you know what i mean you suddenly go but look, look, look they're all they're not all right they're there do you know what I mean? I know they're dead. I know they love me. There's so much working classness from here that I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. There's four older brothers. My mum got off the train with my oldest brother with a carrier bag and nothing from Edinburgh. Do you know what I mean? On the Flying Scotchman, my dad had wished they were away from another relationship What was going on in Scotland. There's a whole shit going down. They had nothing. My dad worked on the train that went up and down from Edinburgh. My brothers had jack shit. When I come over, my mum had run a successful business by the time she was here. We live in a bed and breakfast. I grew up in central London in an hotel. By the time I came along, I was definitely a mistake. My mum had me when she was 41, wanted a girl, turned out me, four older brothers. I had everything. I had the Millennium Falcon and all that shit. We were a working class family with middle class money. And my mum was a working class Tory with my dad, you know. I remember always those stories of just, there's nothing worse than a working class Tory. So I know they got my back in that working class, fucking masculine, toxic way. You oh, I can't believe you or thanks, Rob. They're all crippled with fucking Cockney. you got to remember that. They're all right, bruv. What's going down? What's going down? You all right? And he goes, I don't know how you deal with my... I'm all right with it all, but it's that shit. I can't believe you deal with the shit. <laughs> So it's all that, you know, they nod it in the right way, but not in no inaction. Um, and then there are so many cute stories in that one. And my celebrity story, thinking back to my mum, 
So I've got a celebrity story since our old Sean Connery died. Sean Connery used to be my mum's milkman in Edinburgh. And they used to know each other and go try to drinking down the pub together. My mum's mum, Auntie Minnie, fucking miserable face jock. Um, anyway, she refused my mum to go out on a date with Sean Connery. So there you go, that's my celebrity. So you can imagine, I could have been a Connery. Anyway, massive love to the crew. JRS, I always think, remind me of a boy band. And once you're in a boy band, are you in a boy band? Thank you for the loving. You bring me a lot of joy. And I honestly touch from the bottom of the heart. Bless you. Stay strong, stay true. And most importantly, stay amazing yous. Always gorgeous to have a little call there from our beloved regular, the carer there. And what a beautiful sign-off. I think we always need to take that appreciation in which we are always told by the carer to stay ourselves. I mean, it's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? I was thinking then when you were talking about that dual identity that both you and I have, you as a Scottish person who grew up down here and me with my Irishness who grew up over here, and what that means, particularly through the lens of class, right? I don't know if you also experienced this, the carer, but um, like the expectations that were placed on my shoulders as the next generation was to succeed, to get on and to basically essentially be the success of the family because my family had managed to escape from poverty and hunger and so settling here was their way of like being like okay we've got some form of stability now we just need to like the next generation will be well educated and they'll look after us I remember my nan saying that all the time sure you look after nanny won't you <laughs> and it goes in it sits there as an expectation God, working class Tories, yeah. It's something that I never really understood until I moved to the seaside in Essex, which is a prolific working class Tory area. I think we have to call it for what it is, actually. And I'm not saying that this is for your situation, but there is a lot of racism that underpins working class Tories because, well, we know what conservatism with a small C and a big C stands for. Living in places like South end, working in places in the north which have been completely forgotten and seeing a predominantly white working class areas turn to radical right-wing parties. They feel like they are their only option. It's such a twisted, warped logic. But that makes sense for me as somebody who grew up in a socialist household where like my mum was on a member of the union. I grew up with that pride in our heritage that we are working people and there's no shame in it. But I just don't get it. I just don't get why you think somehow that party of toffs are looking out for you. If you're a working class Tory or you come from a working class Tory background, genuinely interested about where that politic comes from because I don't know you cut my family and they bleed red my granddad made a piece of work about this when I was working with him and it says I voted Labour all of my life because I was a working man all of my life and I just don't see how the Tories have hoodwinked working people into thinking they're working for them Let's listen to the last episode the mention of Kate Blanchett's kitchen had me letting out a little dikey scream.
it's very exciting stuff. My tenuous celebrity connection is that my mum used to work in an office with one of Soft Cell's mums. I don't know which one. And once Prince Harry elbowed me in the ribs. So you can decide which of those you think is more interesting. Have a lovely week. You are more than welcome to come over here with your dikey screams. We fully endorse that behaviour, me and producer Deb. And we want you to feel welcome here as a screamer and as a dyke. <laughs> Hi, Scotty. How's it going? Just listen back to one of your episodes and you're saying that you can't get enough Nana content. And since I was obsessed with wine, I said I'd share some. So I used to bring my Nana to bingo every now and again. She'd be delighted, you know, she'd be showing off. You know, it's my granddaughter, yeah, yeah. Or she drove, yeah, oh no, she's very good, she's very good. Because that, that'd be the big brag, because everyone else on the bingo bus, you know. Anyway, we get in, it's like a big school hall. And, you know, it's eyes down, no mess and serious business. So we're going through the numbers anyway and she, she keeps getting down to one number and she's waiting and waiting and she can't get out and she's getting really frustrated. So next minute she just shouts up to your man, Jimmy, will you ever shake them balls? And no one like, no one bats an eyelid. They all know she's fucking nuts. Like it was just the first time I realised that she really just doesn't give a shit like and that's exactly how I want to live my life. <laughs> and I've been trying ever since. <laughs> so I just thought I'd share that with you I hope I'll put a little smile on your face because she used to put a smile on everybody's face she was the best so thanks for the podcast I'll talk to you bye 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs> as they say over the way gas <laughs> Oh, now your Nana sounds like a real one. Good honour. That really brought me back to some childhood memories of being up the way and being at the most... Now, I don't know if this is countrywide because my bingo knowledge of Ireland is Dub and Donegal. So that is a very limited research pool. But when in Donegal, in Letterkenny... <laughs> In Letterkenny. Actually, was it even in Falcara? It probably might have been in Falcara because it was very local bingo. It was just like 64, 3, 4, 9. <laughs> There's absolutely no charisma to it. You know, over this way, they're all like clickety click. <laughs> that really brought me back to there of being like on a sort of wobbly bench. There is nothing worse when you are fat and you are placed on a wobbly bench. The whole way through, you're just holding your weight, thinking, oh my God, this bench is going to go, and the whole room is going to be turned around. Well, I hope she did get to shake his ball. <laughs> it reminds me of a really long... <laughs> reminds me of a really long joke that my granddad used to tell me, which I might be tempted to tell you now. Which is, Teresa Buddy Joe was asked out to the dance by your man up the way. Your man up the way meets him, meets her, look at me queering the story, meets her at the dance. And he says, would you like a wee dance? And she says, oh, I, I'll have a dance. <laughs> so he has the dance with her. Anyway, at the end of the dance, he said, oh, would you like me to uh, 
take you up the way. I'll take you home. And she says, oh, I, he'll take me home. <laughs> and he gets her to <laughs> the bottom of the path. And he says, um, would you like how we feel? <laughs> and Teresa Paddy Joe turns to him and says, well, sure, if you ask my father <laughs> if you can marry me, you can have the whole farm. <laughs> It's only me laughing, I know. But honestly, I have heard that joke since I was too young to understand what it meant. Would you like a wee feel? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, I need to have a little night down, I think. I've had a lovely time with you lot this week. If last week was Glasgow Represent, it's definitely been the Irish show this week, which I am not at all complaining about. Thank you so much for everyone who called in. What a glorious time. Now, it is your weekly reminder that me and producer Debbie love to have your little feedback, your little chat. Love to see what you're doing, how you're listening to the show. So do get in touch. We're on all the social medias. My name is Scotty is Fat. You can also find us on hashtag after the tone P-O-D pod. Also, we'd love a little review if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or press the follow button for us on Spotify because, you know, it does help and it does make us feel like or maybe we should keep going on (laughs) as ever i hope you all have a gorgeous week and you all look after yourself remember as the carol always says stay true and yourself (laughs) i can't remember she says it so eloquently do you know what i mean anyway i'm off to have a little lie down and um i might have a cup of tea as well because you know what treat yourselves have a good and see you next week After the tone, after the tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout-outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston, and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.